Would you stand as we turn now to the reading from the Bible? You'll find it on page 809 in the Pew Bibles. And we're reading from Matthew chapter 4 and from verse 18 to 22. Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 18. And as we come now, my friends, to God's Word, let's pray. Father, thank you for the excitement that this day is for many people here this morning. Uh, thank you for the sense of fulfillment for the parents who have brought uh, their children to Wheaton College. We thank you for the opportunity that is ahead for them. We pray for them that you would use their lives for your glory. And we pray now, Father, as we begin this new sermon series uh, going through Matthew's gospel with some uh, excerpts here of you calling us to follow you. We pray that each day, each Sunday, we would uh, be brought back into tune with the music of your word. Father, we look at the uh, world around us and we know there's much need for revitalization, whether that is economically, politically, in the church, but we also see it in our own lives as well. And so, Father, we pray that your word would live and would live in us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, my friends, chapter 4 of Matthew's Gospel, beginning at verse 18. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, that is Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father, and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Do please sit down, my friends. Well, let me just acknowledge uh, for those of us who are regular members and attenders here at College Church that for you, this is the first Sunday you've seen my face for a little while. Let me just give you a 3D impression. I really am here. All six foot one of pure English beef. Uh, we have had a good uh, season away. Uh, we were on vacation for a little while, a couple of weeks, and then, as is my normal pattern, I got some study leave over the summer, and that was, I hope you will find in the next uh, seven weeks or so, as uh, I preach, uh, that um, it was a renewing time for me and for our family. Uh, I read a lot of books and even got some writing 
projects at least further along. So I'm very grateful for that, and uh, we missed you. And sometimes it's just good for a church to hear that, that, that I love you, I missed you. Isn't that cute? Um, but it, really it's true, and I'm glad to be here. And as we dig into the Bible together, what greater privilege could there be? What a joy. And the thing that's really been on my heart as I've been praying and thinking about us as a church, it's, it's a great church, Cottage Church. Those of you who are experiencing it for the first time, you're just getting a taste filled with godly people. And it's been on my heart to say, what, what would take us further, the next step in our, in our journey? And as I thought about that, of course, I'm drawn to Jesus saying, follow me. And I found that in Matthew's gospel, a number of occasions, he says that specifically. He gives various implications for following him. He gives some challenges. And I've picked out seven occasions when he does this in Matthew's gospel. And this is, this is day one, if you like, of those seven days. And the emphasis of this passage, I think, and I hope you'll see as we get into it, is this emphasis of purpose. And of course, when we say purpose, we don't mean a vacuous purpose. We mean a God-centered and God-honoring purpose. But actually, many people in the world, sometimes even in the church, are longing for some sense of meaning. Perhaps that's you. What is my life about? What is this Christian religion about? What's the purpose for my life? Well, here we're going to find what Jesus says, and he defines it in three ways, I think. He says his purpose is personal for you. Yes, there's a God-centered, God-honoring, glorifying, cosmos purpose, a universe-sized purpose, but there's also a purpose for you. So it is personal. It is also verbal. It is not, a, as I say, a vague or vacuous purpose. It is defined by God's Word, and so it is verbal. And Jesus here defines this purpose. Uh, that's verse uh, 19. And then because of those two things, because it's personal, because it's verbal, they found it was just, well, they said, it says immediately. It's just irresistible purpose. Personal Verbal, irresistible, <laughs> when you see it, when you really see what Jesus is about. So let's, let's go through that together then, my friends. So verse, verse 18, first, it's personal, verbal, irresistible, first, personal, and this is verse 18. So it says, isn't it, while walking by the Sea of Galilee. So he's walking, he's on a gentle stroll by the lake. He's at a personal level I think we can say he's alone at this stage because these are the first disciples that he's called. He's not now preaching to a vast crowd. He's on his own going for a walk. He saw two brothers. 
by the Sea of Galilee. It's a laking, a uh, fishing village on the lake. And his eyes pick out two personal. And then I think it's, it's implied to me that he, we're told he calls them, but I think he calls them by name. They probably heard him preach. He'd been preaching through the region of Galilee, and Jesus may well have got to know them a little bit, and so I think he calls them by name. Simon, who is called Peter, this familiar name by which he was known to the early Christians and to us, and Andrew, his brother. This is personal. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I've heard this all before. I saw the Jesus movie. You know, they were fishing. They were fishermen. There were fish. Good. This is not Sunday school. I've heard this. But have you heard how personal it is? Why don't you notice the context? Look at verse 25. As I say, Jesus is preaching. We're told before this passage, uh, verse 17, that he's preaching that the kingdom of heaven is a hand, kingdom of God in other gospels here, kingdom of heaven, same idea, used, uh, translated for a Greek uh, culture as kingdom of God, not to confuse it as something pagan. Here, kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then we're told he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And we're told, verse 25, great crowds. How big? We don't know, but 5,000? Certainly he fed the 5,000, right? A big group. What's more, verse 24, he preaches this gospel of the kingdom, that is the good news, that the king is at hand. Jesus and those who accept the king enter into the realm of the kingdom that begins now carries on growing as more and more entered to accept Jesus as their king until the final day with the new heaven and the new earth where the kingdom is finally and fully established. This gospel of the kingdom, as he preaches, vast crowds, verse 25, then verse 24, fame. You know, in the auditorium they're singing, famous one. Famous one. He's well known. News, if you go a different translation, news about him is spreading. They are clamoring after him. He, he, and then he goes for a walk by the Sea of Galilee. He ducks out the back of the auditorium, puts his baseball cap on and his celebrity dark glasses <laughs> and goes for a walk. You two, I want you. Vast crowds! You two, I want you. Personal. So why does that make this purpose so magnetic, so irresistible? Here's why. 
Many um, theologians reacting against the individualism of Western culture have been over the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years emphasizing the glory of God, the greatness of God, the community of God's people of the church, rightly emphasizing. I've emphasized that. I will keep on doing so. But this is the incarnation, that glory walks by the Sea of Galilee and sees two fishermen and says, I want you, yeah, you, follow me. Have you ever been to a fishing village? Maybe not. I haven't. I've been to a harbor where they fish. You know what my impression of that was? It smells. Dead fish, they're no picnic. Jesus, Jesus doesn't rock up in his chariot with his chrome spinning rims. He's walking along, he sees them, it is personal, he's at their work place, whether blue-collar or white-collar, whether fisherman or businessman, whether academic or not, by His Spirit, Jesus is personally concerned with you, knows you by name, knows why you're here, knows what you're thinking, knows what you've been thinking this week, knows what you're hoping that I will say from the pulpit this morning, and He wants you. personal. Then it is verbal. Look at verse 19. See, my friends? And he said, so this is verbal. This is Jesus' word. The ipsima vox, if you like. Jesus speaking his voice. And he said to them, What's he say? Well, he says two things. There are two categories here. First, there's a proclamation or a command. That's follow me, right? And then there's a promise, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I I think a lot of people have got sort of turned around about this particular word of Jesus here because they fail to make that distinction between the proclamation of command, follow me, and the promise, And let me walk you through that in a couple of ways. So we're going to focus first on the proclamation, follow me. Now, I would like um, us to see if we could find someone who's willing to follow me. Any volunteers? Someone brave enough to come up on this very nice stage? You won't fall over. I won't push you off. Brother, look at that. We don't do this every Sunday at College Church. If I'm not back next week, you'll know why. All right, I want you to follow me. Let's let's play a game as Simon Says. You know that game? You up for that? Yeah, you're up for it. Ready. Okay, are you ready? 
<laughs> he could take me out. Look at those. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's rugby. That's my game. Uh, all right. So Simon says, touch your right ear with your right hand. Simon says, touch your left ear with your left hand. Simon says, touch your left ear with your right hand. Simon says, touch your head with your right hand. Simon says, pat your head while rubbing your stomach. (laughs) That's good. Simon says, stop. Simon says, start. Stop. Ah. (laughs) That's it. You can go now. You're fine. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was great. Thank you so much. Follow me. Not me, Jesus. And in fact, Jesus is the only one who can say, follow him exclusively. Paul even says, follow him as he follows Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Only Jesus says, follow me. Only he should say. Other people want you to buy their product or buy their philosophy, buy into their philosophy. Only Jesus can rightly say, follow me, period, done. What does that mean? Him first, you next. He says, serve. Why? For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Therefore, the greatest among you is servant of all. Serve. You follow. He says, love your enemies. You go, what? From the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Stephen, the martyr, then says, similarly, when he is killed, you, you follow. He says, keep yourself pure, free from the love of idols. You go, wow, I kind of like this one. Can't we have some moral negotiation here, Jesus? You just follow. He, He's climbing up the rock face. You're attached by a rope. He shows you where to put your hand. There's a good little crack to pull yourself up. He says, yeah, that's the one. He moves on. You put your hand there. Just follow. And here comes the promise. Proclamation of command, then the promise. And I will make you fishers of men. Now, this, I think, does, it, this does not mean that everyone has to leave their secular job to become a religious professional, any more than everyone who follows Jesus has to start by being a fisherman in the Sea of Galilee. What you've got to understand here is that doesn't mean it isn't making a pretty big challenge. It is. Follow me. Exclusively. But this is an amazing promise. It's something to wonder about that this could be your and my purpose. I'll make you fishers of men. So, what's the difference? Beforehand, they were fishing for fish. Now they're fishing for men, people. What's the difference? People. Now, all of your life, your whole purpose and meaning 
is, like Jesus is, glorifying God by rescuing people. Whether you're a fisherman or a businessman, whether you're an academic, whether you're in ministry, whatever it is, it's now all orientated around this goal of serving people for the glory of Jesus, of rescuing people, of no longer bringing fish from life to death, but now bringing people from death to life. And isn't that good? Isn't that great? You see, if you come in here and you, you get the sense of joy and of, of meaning, this is why. Whether you're cleaning floors or making millions on Wall Street, and if you still are, you may want to share your secrets these days. So. If you're following Jesus, you're doing it for the sake of being on a mission of rescue. Helping other people follow Jesus as well. Discipleship. It's just, it's just an amazing thing. I get to do that? Wow. We get to do that all around the world? Wow. Wow. Personal, verbal, verbally defined what that purpose is. And then because of that, irresistible irresistible. Look then at verse 20. Immediately. Must be an important word because it's repeated, right? A little further down. Verse 22, immediately. (laughs) No, how about waiting a few minutes? Certainly not tomorrow. It's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? I can almost hear you kind of rustling the pages. Maybe there's something else in the Bible we could read here. <laughs> Suddenly, Ezekiel looks really fascinating. <laughs> Leviticus, anyone, you know? <laughs> it's irresistible in its timing then. That's what the immediately word is about. Irresistible timing. It just... Straight away. And then it's irresistible commitment too, isn't it? So immediately, uh, verse uh, 20, they left their nets and followed him. And then the pattern, of course, is repeated with the next two brothers, uh, James, uh, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. So in verse uh, 22, immediately, again, they left not this time their nets, though I think we can assume they had nets, but for some reason it's emphasized the boats. Maybe they were particularly attached to this boat. I don't know. Maybe they were like those uh, sort of, you know, teenagers who just got their first car. You mean I've got to leave my boat? They left the boat. And then I, I, I love this bit. I, it's, it's really reverberated with me when I've been thinking about it at a, at a personal level, but also at a somewhat humorous level. Here it says, they left first their nets, and then 22, they left the boat and their dad. I mean, it doesn't say they left the boat and da 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 da, and they also had to leave their father. I mean, that was really. It's just they left their boat and their father. Almost as if they're on the same level. 
How, how would your dad feel about that if you, if you were going up to Wheaton College today? Yeah, see your dad, and oh, by the way, how's my boat, you know? <laughs> they left the boat and their father. I don't know what you've had to leave behind in your commitment and uh, your, uh, the timing immediately of your following of Jesus. In a way, I, I have left my father. Obviously, I am a father. We have, Rochelle, my wife and I, we have, we have children. And so we have a family here and a home here. And we feel very much at home. But, you know, in case you didn't realize, I'm from Texas. <laughs> and, yeah, I left my dad. And I've got two brothers and you know, my mother too, the generation at that age, that, that generation of that age. What have you left behind? Could you have been a, a more uh, famous uh, preacher if you just turned a blind eye to that moral compromise in that ministry? And now you've got kind of a black mark against your name. Uh, could you have been a richer businessman if you had not been a whistleblower? If you had not said, uh, that's not going to go on on my watch. Uh, and uh, a couple of deals now have not gone through. What have you left behind? Personal and verbal. For the sake of the purpose of Jesus, being on a rescue mission for his glory to save people. I say this with care, but I think you and I, as we look back at the things we have left behind, there they are. Perhaps you could... You can, Focus all of those things you could have been and you could have done, the, the girl you could have had, the, the relationship that could have been yours. You, you look back, and I say this with tenderness, but there's a sense in which they left the boat and their dad. When you really see the purpose of Jesus, It's all just fish. You just go. He commands, you go. He promises, you go. So what I, what, what I want to do with this this morning, what, what do I think this is? is saying to us this morning, well, I think a couple of things. I think the first thing is that if you are someone like that, and that will be the vast majority of us here who, who have who've taken steps down the road of following Jesus and are on this trajectory of his purpose, that, that, that you and I need to celebrate. We have meaning. Our lives are not about making sure there are no weeds in our driveway. You have a purpose 
to celebrate that and therefore go, yeah, I'm going to take another step down that way. This is really good. I wonder what the uh, friends of James and John and Simon and Andrew were saying as they were going. I wonder what his, their, the father was saying. I wonder what they were saying to themselves as they went. And yet they went. So if you're, if you're someone who's already taken steps down that route, I want you to celebrate. If you're not yet there, I want you to take that step. I want you to say to yourself, this time at Wheaton College is going to be for this purpose. This next season in my life is going to be for this purpose. My children, I'm going to grow them up for this purpose. Personal, verbal, and therefore irresistible. We're going to pray now. And what I would like is all of us who are celebrating that purpose to stand. We're going to pray together. If you're not sure whether you are or not, you probably feel really outnumbered now, so you may just want to stand too. God knows your heart. We're going to pray, and I I want us to... It is immediately. So in other words, with this call that has gone out, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. For my children. For my school for my city for my church I'm going to take the next step in following Jesus for this purpose let's pray together Father I don't know all the secret thoughts all the personal struggles, all the joys that are here represented, but you do. By your Spirit, Jesus, you are, as it were, walking by this particular lake. Jesus, would you Speak, follow me. Jesus, would you re-utter by your spirit that proclamation of command, follow me, and that promise, and I'll make you fishers of men, of people. Father, your word says that it does not return empty, but accomplishes that for which it was sent.
irresistible. This effectual call. Father, would you do that? Would you move our hearts to take the next step? Father, would you cause us to rejoice and celebrate the meaning and the purpose that we have following Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen.